Welcome to the Foresight Church Podcast. Enjoy this week's sermon. For more information about us, go to foresightchurch.co.za. Father, would you this morning anoint your word? We thank you that your word has the ability to open blind eyes. At the command of your word, Father, at the authority of your word, lives are changed. So Lord, we don't rely on clever preaching or wonderful words, eloquence, but we rely on the work of your spirit, Father. It is only your spirit that can change lives. And so Holy Spirit, we give you free access to our mind this morning. We take captive every thought, bring it to the obedience of Christ this morning. Every pretension, every hard thing, every philosophy, every argument that stands against you, Lord, this morning. We thank you that by the power of your Spirit, you lay those to waste. We adore this King of ours, Jesus. High and exalted and lifted up, that all men may see your glory. In Jesus' name, make your will known this morning, Lord. Amen. Ephesians 5 verse 8 says, For you once were darkness. You once were darkness, not only in darkness, you were it, but now you are light in the Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, you are the light of the world. First he said, I'm the light of the world. Then he said, you are the light of the world. Te- technically, everything that the light of God touches glows with the light of Christ. Now, if you carry on reading Ephesians chapter 5, it's quite amazing, but the things that the light of God touches become light. It's, it's, it's like... It, it, it is contagious, it rubs off. The definition of feet. Have a look at your feet quickly. Would you do that? Have a look at feet. The definition of feet are the objects that parents use to find Lego in the dark at night. Groping around in darkness isn't as much fun as it seemed. I remember we were newlywed and we, were, we stayed in Middleburg and Suzanne had this catering business. And we had this little Nissan 1400 Bucky, which I bought from a guy in church. What could go wrong? It was the Frank Bucky. It was put together out of spare parts from other assembled, um, I think, Nissan 1400 Bucky's. And anyway, so it was, it was a, a trap. In fact, I'll tell you a story. This is another story, apart from the story I'm going to tell you. But one day we came home from a long road trip, and as I pulled into our road, Chapman's Peak Road, as I pulled into the road, the steering just was loose, engaged, but thankfully I was going in a straight line, and the car actually stopped against the pavement. But it could have happened on the highway. That would have been a disaster, right? But anyway, on this on this specific trip. We're on our way. Now we've got food in the back of the bucket. We've got a canopy on it. We've got food in there because we're going to go and uh, we've got a function in the morning and it's late at night. We've just done a youth meeting and so it was, it was about I think it was about 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock. We were on our way past Pretoria on the way to Krugersdorp to do a function and um, um, the lights on the car just kind of dimmed as we went along and the car cruised to a stop on the highway, in the middle of the dark, 
Now, I know it's hard to believe, but those were the days before cell phones. Those were dark times. <clears throat> and so now, now there's no light in the bucky. There's no, um, I've got no cell phone. You can't phone anybody. You've got no, who, who you know, carries a torch with them. I do now, but I didn't then. I know things. And, and so I see in the distance there's this, there's this light. So I decide to walk towards the light. And so I walk towards the light, but it's out in the middle of a farm, right? There's a farm, so we're on that side of Pretoria. And um, we're kind of more than halfway between Middleburg and... Anyway, so I, 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 I approach this house. And as I'm going, I, I... It's dark, man. And I've got my eyes on the lights. I'm stepping in stuff I don't want to be stepping in because it's a farm. And that should have been a really good sign that the machines that manufacture the stuff I was stepping in are around. Anyway, and as I'm going, I hear, goof, 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 and I look around, and these cattle are approaching me, but in the hordes, man. It was, now, I know cows. I mean, I, we you know, grew up on a pot. We had cows, and cows are cool things. They just are very, very curious. They're such curious animals, and they're dumb as rocks, but they very sweet. And as I'm walking, these, these, and they were all these like year old cattle. They were, I suppose, food crawl. Now I'm walking right in the middle of this feedlot. And as they come, they're sniffing me and they're pressing up. They want to see me. And more come and more come. And these cows start pushing from the back because they're curious. They want to see. And the, this, this circle my personal space is getting smaller and smaller, and I can't go anywhere. Because these cows are just, they are thronging. Anyway, I just prayed, and they dispersed, and, and I went through to the, to the house, and I knock on the door, and everybody's enthusiastic to see you in the early hours of the morning on a farm in the middle of nowhere. You knock the farmer awake. You're not going to get a pleasant response, but thankfully, he didn't greet you with a shotgun, as I think today you would. And um, I said, please, can I use a telephone? I've got a breakdown. He looked very skeptical. But he handed me the telephone to the door. And he said, okay, I'll dial the number. You stand on that side of the door and, and you talk. Anyway, so I phoned my dad got some help. To make a long story short is it's not that much fun operating in the darkness because you just don't know what's there. You don't know what's there. There could be Lego blocks or worse in the dock, you know. And it's just... It's just not lacking. Now, the Bible says we were darkness. The Bible also says once you were in darkness. And then the Bible says, now, if you're in light, don't walk in the darkness. Because we can, right? We, we have this choice to walk in the light as he is in the light. First uh, John 1, verse says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. That's a, 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 a present, perfect, present, continuous tense, which means that... He will continually purify you from sin if you walk in the light. It's just like, you know, he kind of, it's like the forgiveness of Jesus is always on you as long as you walk in the light. Now, anyway, read with me to Ephesians chapter 5, 14 to 20. We can read that. Now, I started with Ephesians 5. Let's, let's go to 14 to 20. That should be on the screen shortly, I'm sure. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14 to 20. It says this, 
Be very careful. Well, let's read verse 14. Let's start there. That's, this is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The topic of my message this morning is open your eyes. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful then how you live. Now, previously we'd read, verse 8 says, that you were darkness, you are now light, but now that you are light, don't be darkness, right? Be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be fish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do you know that you can know and understand God's will for your life. And the Bible says, don't be foolish. Ask God what his will is for your life. The Bible says, don't be, in other words, if you don't know what God's will for your life is, you're foolish. Don't do that. Know what his will is. Ask him. If you haven't asked him, fast and pray and seek his face and ask him, God, what's your plan for my life? He wants to show you. Guess what? God doesn't want you to walk in darkness and he doesn't want you to be foolish. He wants you to be wise. And so he says, ask me, right? Know what God's will is for your life. Do not get drunk on wine. Okay, that's one of the wills of God for your life, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, interesting thing, the Bible puts drunkenness in wine as opposed to be drunk in the Spirit. Remember on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2. The people were speaking in tongues. And the onlookers said, these guys are drunk. And they said, no, we're not drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. We're very, very sober. We're not drunk. We're very sober. Do you know that when you come to Jesus and you get an enlightened mind by the power of the Holy Spirit, you start understanding things rather than being clueless. You are now no longer drunk. You're very, very sober. You know what the will of God is. And that looks different, man. When the world sees you and they see someone who actually has a clue, it's it's shocking because in the darkness, nobody knows what they're doing. But when you're a light in the darkness and you do what, know what you're doing, people stop walking towards the light through a whole bunch of things they don't know and haven't got the skill to navigate, but they want the light because it's there and they want to know what God's will is for their lives. Nobody wants to be clueless. It's amazing though that maybe I'm, I'm wrong. Maybe some people want to be clueless. Do you want to be clueless? If you want to be clueless, raise your hand. I want to see how many dumb people are here. All right, you want to be clueless? Okay, if anybody's putting up your hand now, give them a slap, please. Because you don't have to be clueless. I remember in the army, we had this instructor, and he would say, Troop, skit your kop like your oor, your wakker klap. In other words, just shake your head so that your ears can slap you awake. Because you need... You need that. You need a clue, man. We need a clue. We don't have to walk in darkness. Now, guys, ask God what his will is. He will show you. And one of his will is not that you be drunk with wine. What does the Holy Spirit do? And why are they put against each other? Because every perfect thing that God has put on this planet, Satan tries to knock off. He tries a cheap imitation and a shortcut imitation. Okay, so it appeals to flesh. All of us want to feel... I mean, what happens when you feel drunk? Does anybody know? Please explain to me what happens when you feel drunk. Well, when you feel drunk, I assume. Some people relax a bit. It just depends the level of 
drunkenness, right? Because you can relax and then you can be totally relaxed. Think, but I think in between there's there's levels of joy. There's levels of hey, peace, no more anxiety, and no more worries. I mean, I think Proverbs says, "Let the poor man drink to drink his sorrows away," and I understand that because sometimes sometimes things are you know. People can get overwhelmed by the sorrows of this life. And God says, but hold on, I've got a better way. I've got a better way. The Holy Spirit can give you that euphoria, can give you that joy, can give you those people skills. Amazing people's people skills like hot up when they're drunk. It's like the raging introvert becomes the life of the party. It's amazing how your personality changes when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what happens? Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Now, amazingly, guys, when we sing these songs, some of the songs aren't always to God in worship. Some songs are about God, that's called praise. Some songs are to God, that's called worship. And some songs are to one another in encouragement. And the Bible says that's okay. It says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So some of them are encouragement to one another. So get all spiritual and, oh, that one, that song... You know, it wasn't directly to God, but it's about Him. And the Bible says we should speak to one another. Sing and make music from your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what does he say? He starts off by saying, wake up. There's a different way to live. You can't fill with the Spirit. Now, when I'm talking this morning about wake up, I want to come to this point of sobriety. There's this word, nephe in Greek, which actually talks about being sober. And it talks about this. Not being mentally impaired, to not be sensually impaired, and to not be morally impaired. To not have a fog or a daze happen over you, but to be in your full faculties. So when the Bible talks about being sober, Six times this is used in the New Testament, and this incredible word is always paired with another word. It says, be alert and be sober. Be alert and be sober in six pairings. Right, let's have a look at those. First Peter 1.13. Now, while I, go through these, while I go through these six things, I want you to do some study. Ask the Holy Spirit where you are right now. Holy Spirit, show me the things in this scripture that can make me drunk, as opposed to being sober and alert. Show me the things, because I want to bring to your attention not how it can be, but also the days in which we find ourselves from time to time. There are two concepts I want to bring. I remember playing rugby once at school. And I was in this loose rack, and I had the ball, and um, I, was, I was being held. And then all of a sudden, while I was head down holding this ball, I saw this incredible uh, fist approach. Twice. Very fast, very hard, and impact my nose. And then I didn't see much after that except for red, and, and all, miraculously everybody disappeared. But uh, the day after... I couldn't see very much at all out of either eye. A little bit out of this eye. The day after that, I could see almost nothing. Because you see this flat spot in my nose? That's where it comes from. There's 
two ways of getting punched. That is called sucker punch, right? Anybody been sucker punched before? Anybody played rugby? Who's dished out sucker punches? You've either been on the receiving or the giving end. Okay, so, so, there's, so there's a sucker punch, okay? And then there's also being punched drunk. That is the effect of the sucker punch. Now, friends, I want to tell you that there are things in this world that are going to sucker punch you. They're going to come from left field. You're not going to expect it. You're going to be on the way to the trial line, and someone's going to bang you, and you're going to, that's it, just, just it. Right? And you, you man down. And then, that's a sucker punch. And then it's going to take you a while to find your bearings. I coached Little League Ray for a while. Josh was in uh, primary school. And man, it's fun. And the kids just gather around the ball and they maul around the ball. And you can always see where the ball is because there's like a group of kids that just move around the field like that. There's not a lot of structure in the game. There's not a lot of rules. But I remember this one little kid grabbing the ball, getting out of this. And he just runs in. He saw a line and he dived on it. And he, and he was over the wrong line. He, he thought he was scoring a try, but he actually was out, right? And, and sometimes you're just in the middle of stuff. You think you're doing the right thing and you just are not doing the right thing. And you find yourself doing the things you shouldn't be doing or you know you shouldn't do because you just lost your bearing in the midst of chaos. I'm going to bring your attention to some beautiful stuff in a second. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13. Therefore, with minds alert and fully sober. Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed and is coming. Right? With, with your minds alert and fully sober. Vias vakar. Alert and fully sober. Set your hope on grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed and is coming. In other words... There is a hazier, but focus on the destination. Jesus is coming. In the midst of the turmoil, there's grace that's coming. It's not the right now, but there's an increased grace coming when Jesus is coming. So what we do is we don't look down. We look at the finish line. We're not looking at the mall and the ruck and the, the ruck is around us. And we lift our head and we look to the Try and we look to where we're going, not to where we are. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. All right, so we see the destination. What is the darkness that comes upon us? What is the haze that causes us to be drunk? What did you pick up there? The evil desires you had. Sometimes... And this is a, a revelation for most people. Just because you're Christian doesn't mean you're not going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted. And just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're going to withstand the temptation. You have the ability to withstand temptation. But all of us know that you're probably not going to withstand the temptation from time to time. So, but, and then what happens what is it saying? Sin clouds judgment. Why? Because we're caught up in where we are right now. When are you most vulnerable? When you're sick, when you are lonely, when you're tired, and when you're feeling defeated. In other words, when you are punch drunk. 
you give way to sin. What does God say? Lift your eyes, look at the finish line. Don't look at this. Look at the grace that's coming. Even if you have sinned, look at the grace that's coming. Okay, number two. The end of all things is near. This is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Now, amazing, we were in 1 Peter two weeks ago. We were talking about 1 Peter. I think it's a phenomenal book. And it was this book that brought my attention to that phrase, be alert and sober together. Because Peter uses it more than anybody else. He says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you can pray. Firstly, be alert and of sober mind that you can keep your eye on the future. Is that right? Number two, be alert and of sober mind so that you can pray. Because when you're not alert, you don't pray. When you're not sober, you don't pray. How, how do I know this? Because Jesus, on the Mount of Olives, the night he was betrayed, in the Garden of Gethsemane, what happened? He's praying. Comes back to his disciples and said, could you pray with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What happens? The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. We don't pray because we're not clear-minded and we're not sober, so we battle. Above all, love one another deeply because love covers over. Listen to this. Love one another deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Love one another deeply because we need each other's forgiveness. Thank you for that rubbish, amen. Was it a bomb shock? Did I sucker punch you? Love one another deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. In other words, pray don't be distracted. What is, what is, the, what is the mist that falls on people? What is the darkness? What is the drunkenness that comes upon people? Okay, remember there's an antidote to the poison. What's the poison? Lack of love. Be alert and sober-minded that you can pray. Straight after that, love one another deeply. What causes us to not be sober-minded that we can pray? Unforgiveness? Bitterness? Selfishness? What causes us to not love one another deeply from the heart? Offense. Offense. The bite of Satan offends. What has stopped you from one, loving one another deeply? Disappointment? Heartache? Resentment? Wow. How many of you here are battling to pray because you're living in drunkenness? Battling to pray because you're living in drunkenness. Drunk, you don't know it. Good news is you don't have to be drunk. For the wine of the flesh, you can be drunk with the wine of the spirit. You can be sober, fully sober, fully alert by the wine of the spirit rather than the drunkenness that you find yourself in. You know, I find that when I um, get punched in the face, I become very self-aware. All of a sudden, it goes about my pain, my need for revenge, my need to feel better really fast. To find some kind of something to kill pain. Become very selfish. Very egotistical. And very unloving. 
I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching me. All of us are in the same boat, aren't we? What's the antidote? What is the cure? Love one another deeply. Guys, we don't love. We don't love people because they're always going to do us right. I think the value of love is the risk that takes. The trust that comes with love, that's where we get disappointed. But it's the risk that's so enticing about love. Is it's the, the risk of stepping out not knowing. And some of us have built up a resistance to loving people and also resistance to being loved. We call it walls or mosques or whatever because we try to keep people out because of the, sometimes the pain that's in us. That's been caused sometimes because of the pain we've caused and we just don't want to own it to our own sin and our own, own frailty. And, and, and hey, that's being punch drunk. I think some of us are, are there right now. If you punch drunk, let's just stop for a minute. Because of hurt. And because of disappointment and disillusionment. Just, you're jaded. Can I pray for you? Father in Jesus' name. Lord, there are many of us right now that are hurting deep inside. Stuff's happened. Relationships have gone wrong. Marriages have gone wrong. Kids have turned away. Parents have turned away. Uh, there's abandonment. There's rejection. There's bitterness. There's nastiness. There's resentment. There's unforgiveness. Jesus, you were right when you said a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Often that is the case. Often there's a lot of strife. Jesus, I pray right now for grace and strength to love again in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord, clean our heart right now. We pray that right now we just sweep this building clean by your Spirit. You'd flood us with love. We can only love because you loved us first. Romans 5 verse 5 says, you shed abroad, you poured out your love in our hearts. And so fill us right now with your love that we'd have something to give in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Third verse, 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Be alert and sober mind. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. In other words, when you're drunk and not alert, you're going to get eaten like a mealy. Be alert and of sober mind. In the army, I remember, <clears throat> my greatest fear was being caught sleeping on guard duty. Because it's a court-martial offense. The lives of many, many people are depending on your ability to stay awake. Now, no, we've, we've had a couple of break-ins here. Let me tell you something. I want to tell you that that affected my heart. I don't like being broken into. I don't like it when people break into a church. Can I tell you how I actually felt? I wanted to get into the flesh and help them right. I wanted to put a sword like Peter and chop off someone's ear or even worse. Because that's what's in my heart. I didn't want to love people. I wanted to send them to Jesus. Stand before the throne of your maker. I will introduce you. 
be alert and sober because your enemy wants to eat you up. And when we're not alert and sober, when we're sleeping on God duty, guess what? The devil is coming to prowl. He's looking to chow you. I remember my dad saying he was on a patrol in the Zambezi Valley and the guy next door to him in a sleeping bag next door to him was taken by a lion. Right there. Right there, the town of Kariba. It's a strange little town right on the lake. And there's a, a beautiful little place. You can go out on boats and things. It's hot as heck. But anyway, do you know people get eaten there by lions? Because the lions just have to sit on the outside of the, of the village. From time to time, they move in. And when on a Friday night, people come out of the tavern on their way home, they just are never seen again. Because the lion is waiting for them. To get drunk. And they figured out how to do this. Lions or predators, they're not, they're not stupid. They figured out there's a cycle. Every Friday night, somebody's going to come tasting like Christmas cake. It's wonderful. <laughs> they just wait for him. And he's just going to be so unawares and so unalert and so hopelessly, motherlessly drunk. Gotcha. It's sad. I wish it wasn't. I wish it's funny, but it's really true. The devil prowls around looking for someone to devour. In other words, don't be drunk on a Friday night. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of thing. Everybody in the body of believers right around the world is also punch drunk. Resist him. Don't let him sucker punch you. People are undergoing trials. Guess what? Everybody is. But you know what the previous verse told us? That when we're going through pain, we think it's all about us. And so we stop loving. We stop caring. We stop praying because it's about us. And guess what? The devil's got you. He's got you. Because we're so drunk with what's happening in the world. First Thessalonians 5. So we're out of Peter now. First Thessalonians 5 verse 6. Not only can the devil catch you unawares, God can catch you unawares. Did you know that? God can catch you napping. It's quite a horrible thought. But you know, in the parable of the ten virgins, there's a story that Jesus told about ten virgins. In other words, they were pure people. They were waiting for the bridegroom to come. Five of them were ready with enough oil. And five of them fell asleep on the job and didn't have enough oil. They, didn't, they weren't prepared to be alert for a long time. They ran out of supplies. They, they thought, okay, we just have to stay awake for a little while. We just have to pray and wait for a little while. And actually... Just when they fell asleep, their oil ran out. They fell asleep on guard duty. Da-da-da-da. The trumpet sounded. The bridegroom's on his way. Yes, and five of those women were very excited, and five of them were very, very embarrassed because God can catch you unawares. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6, we're going to read from verse 4. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. Why? Because you're alert. You're watchful. You're praying. Okay. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, 
let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Guess what? There, sleep and drunkenness together again, always. But since you belong to the day, let us be, what? Sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Okay, once again, what's this about spiritual warfare? I hope you are seeing a pattern. There is a thread that's going through everything that we're reading. The thread is this. The coming of Jesus is near. Is near. Be alert and be sober. Especially when you see darkness around you, be alert and be sober. Why? Because there's a spiritual warfare taking place. The devil is trying to distract you from the prize. Keep your eye on the day Jesus is coming. Keep your eye on the day that he appears. Keep your eye on the grace that is to be appearing when Jesus comes. Don't be caught off guard. The fifth reference, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. Once again, this is about the end times. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. What's the drunkenness? False gospel. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather, get this, around them. Once again, selfish. A great number of teachers multiple sources. I think today, like never before, you can have 10 voices or more speaking to you on a weekly basis determined by your Google search. They 10 voices or more that if you Google on YouTube something about the Bible or you want an answer, you're going to have an artificial intelligence will tell you exactly what it thinks you want to hear, and you're going to only get that opinion, you won't get a cross opinion. You won't get an alternative. You will just hear what artificial intelligence tells you you want to hear, what your itching ears want to hear, and it's going to lull you into oblivion. It's going to rock your cradle while you're falling asleep. You're going to be drunk, even with the Word of God, with a false doctrine. Very possible. The Bible's talking about our time. Why is it talking about our time? Because right now you can get absolutely any doctrine you want on the internet downloaded to you right now. And you don't even have to go and look for false doctrine. It's coming to you. If you give into it once and listen to some nonsense once, you look again, it's, it's going to be your feed. It's going to be your feed. That's what the algorithms do. They kick out everything that is not the true gospel. I was actually chatting to somebody this week, and they were telling me how some of the major prophetic voices around the world that are discerning the times have been shut down on YouTube. They can't, they can't promote. They can't, there's no wiggle room. And all of a sudden, they've been closed down, and, and some of the voices that shouldn't be heard are be pumped up. I want to I tell you guys, we are in sad times. But don't be punch drunk. And don't get drunk with nonsense that you can just eat up that people are feeding you. Why? Why? Because the Bible says, 
a great number of teachers will gather around you. What's that? That's kind of self-indulgent, isn't it? It's consumer gospel. To say what your itching ears may hear. They will turn their ears away, that's us, from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head, that's the same word, stay sober, nefe, keep your head in all situations, be sober in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your mystery, don't get sidetracked, just cause of pressure. Don't sidetrack because of bad doctrine. What does it say? How do you prepare yourself? Endure hardship. Endure hardship. So one of the other threads that goes through is the end times. Yes, Jesus is coming. There's weird things. There's spiritual warfare. And then there is a constant theme in all of them. Because your brothers through the world are going through the same kinds of trials. Endure hardship. Hang in there. Hang on to the hope that's to be revealed. In other words, we are going to be tested in our faith. We're going to be tested in our morality. And yes, we're going to rise. Yes, we're going to fall. Yes, we're going to bump our heads. We're going to be tested in our decisions. We're going to be tested in our allegiances. We're going to be tested in our relationships. We're going to be tested in our sincere and deep appreciation and love for one another. We're going to be tested in our commitment to Jesus Christ, commitment to the church. We're going to be tested in our commitment to financial faithfulness. We're going to be tested in every single way. Why? Because our brothers right around the world are undergoing the same thing. You're not unique. Drunkenness says you're the only one. I might as well drink. Why? Because it's all about me. Let me take my pain away. Let me ease my sorrow. Sobriety says, I'm going to endure hardship. I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to put on my big boy pants. I'm going to face the future. I'm going to face the presence. Why? Because Jesus says, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Phone a friend. When you're going through trials, guess what? Because they are as well, and they can give you help, and they can give you advice, and, it, and the least they can do is pray for you. They might, they might say, I don't know what you're going through, but let me pray for you. But let me tell you of temptations and testings in other areas of my life. Yeah, we're all in it. We're all in it. Why? Because these are the times we're living in. These are dark times. What does the Bible say? Be alert and sober in dark times, because there is a lion, and he wants to chow you. But isn't it beautiful that he's like a roaring lion? He isn't the roaring lion. There is one who is the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he will triumph. And that's the declaration in Revelation chapter 4. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah had triumphed. Satan is as a roaring lion. He likes to make you think that he's got power and authority. He doesn't. Bible says he was disarmed and defeated by Jesus' death on the cross. But man, I tell you, his advertising company is very strong. He's got PR people all over who blow him up much bigger than he is. Make him the center of attention. But actually, the real lion is coming. And that's what the scripture tells us. Be alert 
and be sober because the lion of the tribe of Judah is coming to trample down this one who wants to chow us. But you, be sober, endure hardship, be awake, be alert so that you don't get sucker punched. Because when you suck punched, it takes you a long time to get up. I love watching boxing. I know a lot of people think it's a barbaric sport. Maybe I'm a bit of a barbarian. But I think it's a fantastic thing. When you see two guys who are proper athletes, I'm not talking about muchus. I'm, I'm a muchu. But two guys who are super fit athletes, who practiced, who've been intentional, face each other, Give each other a good hiding. You know what's inspiring about boxing? And I'm not advocating boxing. I'm confessing. The wonderful thing about boxing is that nobody gets out of the ring without a few punches. Nobody gets out unscathed. And that's where Paul says, he says, hey, guys, I'll fight. And I, I'm fighting, but not like one beating the air. He's saying, I'm fighting like I'm in a boxing match, like I'm in the arena, and there's a whole bunch of people watching me, and I'm giving Oaks blue eyes, and they're giving me blood noses, and, 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 and it's, it's, it's not pretty. But I'm not punching the air. I'm actually hitting back. Be alert and be sober. Put on the armor of God, take the punches, and give them back as good as you get them. Because I know we win. I've read the end of the book. It ends out well for us. But stay alert and stay sober. Can I pray for us? Lord, some of us have been caught of God by the world. We've been caught of God by sin. We've been caught of God by the tricks of the devil. Some of us are staring down giants that are bigger than us. We really don't know what to do. Some of us have been caught out in our own devices. Some of us have been caught out in our own skin, our own plan, our own sin. And some of us are just worn down by constant fighting. For some of us, it feels like a marathon. But thank you, Lord, that you encourage us to get up one more time. I want to thank you, God, today that you're not the God of second chance. You're the God of another chance and another chance and another chance and another chance. We can set our hope fully on the grace that will be revealed when Jesus Christ comes. But thank you also, Lord, that not only we have grace then, that's an incredible grace, but we've got grace for the moment right now. Thank you that our, our coach is in our corner. Thank you, Lord, that you teach us how to fight back. Thank you, Lord, that we are not victims, but we are overcomes in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that in spite of failures, there is success. Thank you, Father, that you teach us that when we fall and when we fail, we can fall forward, we can fail forward, we're not going back to where we were. Thank you, Lord, that we are not who we're going to be, but thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, that we're not who we were.
We're not yet perfect, but thank you, Lord, that we're not darkness anymore. We are light. And so, Father, I pray for grace, for strength, for courage, for encouragement over every person's spirit. Pray that you teach us to sing over one another with psalms and hymns and, hymns and spiritual songs. Encourage one another to be joyful in the Lord. I pray that you will teach us to be fit so that we can withstand hardship when it comes. The fight is on, Lord. We know that. Help us to be alert and sober in these dark times so that we can pray knowing that you're coming again soon, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friends.